Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. I'm Kevin Byrne, and I come at you today with two quotes to start with. First one, there is no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. (laughs) Right, that's number one. It's heavy, I know. Number two is there's never been a fighter that retired too early, only those who retire too late. Perhaps today's guest will prefer that one. I'm joined today by a man who at 18 became Ireland's youngest ever heavyweight champion. He won six elite titles in all and packed away EU Championship gold and silver while representing his country. He has international wins over the likes of then world champion Clemente Russo and Olympic champion Tony Yoka, and has faced down other big names, Joe Joyce, Roberto Camarelli, the list is long. His temporary man turned pro in early 2015 moved to America, making his debut the following year. He shared the gym with the likes of Andre Ward and Tyson Fury, whose team he linked up with after returning home from the States. Across 2016 and 2017, he built his pro record up to a healthy 6-0 and and the sky was the limit for this talented heavyweight. And then it just stopped. One of the most frequent questions I'm hit with online is, what's Con Sheehan up to these days? So no better man to ask than Con himself. Con, welcome to the show. What's happening, Gib? How's it going, man? What's the story? How are you getting on? All good. All good. Can't complain. Excellent. Living the, living the easy life. <laughs> living the easy life. Gloves hung up, daddy. Gloves are hung up. Gloves are finished. Done with it. Uh, Con, I know you were six and zero in twenty seventeen. Everything was going well. Uh, you fra- it was a, you fractured the wrist, was it, or fractured the hand? Yeah, and, uh, I fractured my right hand. Yeah, uh, was it a bit was, of ligament damage? Was it a career-ending injury, or was it just that life changed? No, it was. It was a bad injury, and all going on about this and that, and humming and hawing about operations, and I was just, I just had, I was just, I was at my limit then. Anyway, I was fucking. I was ready to jack it anyway. Things were going shit. You're getting promised the world, money, life getting older, life changing. Just sick of the highest. Higher games, higher game. Very few people make it. And a lot better men than me didn't make it as well. So I just seen what going on. I had to live, had to make money, had to live. I wasn't going to live in mommy and daddy's house for the rest of my life. So I had to go make a few bit involved, didn't I? A few twain for myself. That's it. And you found kind of, um, like, he- like, because the heavyweight game can be lucrative, so you found it more financially beneficial to jack it in and actually just go get a get a real job, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, in a sense, uh, that, that was one of the factors. There was a lot of things, but money is obviously a big thing. You can't live without it. We mm. all, everyone from the high palms, see all of us, all the lads as well. Very few lads will get looked after, probably apart from the couple of few that make 
Paddy, them lads are Olympic medalists. Struggling. They're in a different country. You're struggling with money. Things are being taught. Someone, someone, this, this. Things aren't happening. You need money. You have to live. And you're I'm only, I'm only human. Only so much patience. So I said, fuck this. I had enough. There was talks. It's fight, trying to fight this fella. Nobody fight this. No Irish is No this. I just, ah, what's the point? You're struggling for fuck all. So I wasn't enjoying it anymore. The last two or three years, ah, I was sick to be tea, but it's hanging in just hoping something would happen. The last injury, I just said, ah, look, not for me. I'm done. I don't want to fight. I said, I would have fought then, then, rather than drag it out, 33, 34, do fuck all. And then you're finished. I'd gone, waste five or six years, do nothing. But I just got out early. That was it. I'm, like, I'm at peace with it. Happy with it. Happy with my decision. Yeah. Did you did you officially retire? Are you officially retired? Oh, of course. I didn't come out and say that because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think of it. No, what, not to be said, what I'm fighting in ages. I was just done with it. Sick of boxing. I can wait for it. That was it. I say it to myself. I had a lot of people texting me and asking me, what's happening in your training? Are you doing this? That didn't even reply to a lot. So what's the mind left? I'm done with boxing. I'm finished with it. I don't need to know what I'm doing to be personally. So I was happy enough. Yeah. Did you walk away with uh, bad feelings towards the game or did you walk away kind of at, like at peace initially? I know you sound like you're a man at peace now. Oh, no. It was, of course, it'd be a little bit better, but things don't work out where you'd expect it all. But no, 100%. There was, at the start, maybe I was a bit, a little bit better. Things didn't work out the way you'd been told and all this, but no, no, no. It was my decision. I made the decision to walk away. I was happy with it. I was happy with the quick enough as well. I knew I made the right decision, but you'll always have lingering thoughts there, but I'm at peace with my decision. Uh, and in the years since, uh, your life has changed drastically. You've become a father uh, on two occasions now. Mm, big time, yeah. It was a reality. Turned straight into the deep end. Two kids busting my head out in the building site. Living the real life now, huh? Yeah. Not what? easy. Fuck me. What sort of work are you doing on a site? I'm there and it's handy now at the minute. We're putting up clean clean rooms, big panels, handy out, cushy enough work. I can't complain too much, but before I had to be out in the house, it's just labor and that's all. I was trying to get a bit of work wherever I can. Yeah. And uh, are you living in Clamel or are you living in Tip? I live in living in Clamel, yeah. Homeboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And t- yeah, I'm living in Clamel. Two children, you were saying fifteen months old and two months old. So your hands are yeah. full. Flat out. Well, Mrs. Mrs. is a hero. She looks yeah. after him. Absolutely. I would right? be gone bananas. A lunatics. Two madmen I have. <laughs> yeah. Do you keep an interest in boxing now? Like you look at the do you look at the old heavyweight ranks where you were fighting and think, uh, do, are you able to sit down on a Saturday night, maybe watch BT or Sky or the Zone, whatever it is, and say, Oh, he's a good fighter, oh, he's not a good fighter, or do you keep thinking, I beat him, I beat him? You know, that kind of lingering thought. Uh, oh, 100%. Watch all the fights. All the pro fights. Be flat out on the pro. I don't really pay any attention to the amateurs at all anymore. I didn't even watch the Olympics. I was no interest. Didn't know anyone. But I uh, watch the pros a lot. All the pros. All weight. But of course, every every fighter would have that. You see a fella, oh, I bust him. I do that. He's not, he couldn't yeah. do what I do. But that's all the spot like talk to yourself. But I enjoy watching the boxing. See a few lads though coming on the week. To know, you think, ah, oh, Jesus, how are they getting these kind of opportunities? They're brutal. Big strong men, but that's what it is. It's a game, it's a business, it's not a sport. You have to sell tickets there. You see, fellas who put this or boots get big sellout crowds and big paydays and big fights, big opportunities time and time again, but they're useless there. That's about selling tickets. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, genuine. and credit to them because it's a massive part of pro boxing, isn't it? Like oh, talent only gets you so far. 
100%. Like I said, there's millions of better men than me who didn't make it as hard as I did. Uh, it's a rough game. It's a cutthroat game. Like, you're on your own. It's a business. And uh, if you're not 100%, 110% dedicated, forget about it. And I was at the stage where I couldn't give it 100% anymore, so I had to walk away. Didn't want to be embarrassing myself getting the ring all prepared fully. And I didn't have it in me anymore to go through the training to be 100%. So I knew it was time to get out of there. I remember seeing the interview after you went 6-0, and and we'll get to it later. But you were really harsh on yourself. I thought overly harsh. And I, I remember tweeting it at the time. And uh, I thought you were just too harsh on yourself. And that, that was my feeling at the time. You, you weren't convinced by your own performance. And you were preparing under Peter Fury. And to, to the outside, everything looked good. Like, Oh, no, we were flying it. Training camps were brilliant. I think what, but that, that fight, what happened was that I was, um, I don't know what it was. We went to see some fella and he took all my bloods and all. And I was low on iron and this and that. I think I was training too much. I was training like a demon at the time. But I wasn't training right, if you get me. I was up late, but I was training hard and training constantly. I wasn't taking any breaks, stuck in the flat the whole time. I wasn't going out. I was just stale. I was sick of it all. And uh, but the training with Peter was unbelievable. Unbelievable, coach. But brilliant. He, he couldn't do enough for me. Tried everything. Just, I think I had my mind made up even before that fight. And I was sick of it. I was going in. I, was, I wasn't really enjoying it. I was wondering why I wasn't getting good performances. I don't even think it was about low bloods or low this. I just, I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't even really want to be there. I was just doing it because nearly I was in too deep. I started to think that I can't turn back now, but once I made my mind up, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> what am I doing here? You can't, you can't play that game if you're not giving it 110%. I know that too well. No, that's so, for sure. Right, so mm. we'll, we'll return to the pro thing in a couple of minutes. I want to bring you back to your amateur career. Uh, you came up, you won medals at, you won golds and you won the tournaments at every age up. And uh, you got to the, you got to the seniors at 18 and you just went straight in and, and took it. You were part of a very confident new generation that all came up around the same time. And uh, many, many of the fighters went on to become world champions in the pros, won Olympic golds, won world championships in Europeans. You won your fair share of international medals as well. But there was, uh, there was some amount of characters in the team that you came up in. I uh, think, uh, I came on to it just when the senior team started to really take off. I formed his team straight after the first proper team. I think it was Johnny, Johnny Jason, David Oliver, the two youngest. Then we had Eric, Roy, Darren O'Neill, Connor O'Hearn, Kenny, and Darren Sutherland. That was it. That time we were only sending out three, four, five people out to tournaments and all senior tournaments. They couldn't afford it. The crack was brilliant. The sun cracked the whole way up. Yourself and Nevin got called up from the junior team. Uh, I think we were 17. We went up there full time. It was brilliant. Some crack up there. Characters you see up there, unbelievable. We all got to know each other well as well all over the world. More people then started to come in. The amateur days, a few years back, was the business. Yeah, it was brilliant. Great memories of that. Best time of your life? Uh, I don't know about the best time of my life. Some crack. Brilliant. All the troops we have, really great crack. Flagging. Do you remember going to the uh, Oktoberfest in 2009? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one of the things I thought about. Some crack, myself, Connor, Eric, Kenny, Bill Kenny's mates, Willie McLaughlin. Ah, oh, some buzz. That was some terror. Fucking hell. <laughs> Oof, back there. Do you, know, mischief and all. do you know what I'm going to say next? About the boxing order, is it? Well... <laughs> Well, I, I'll I'll say what I, I'll say it first, and well, I'll, I'll start, and you can finish. Well, there was basically 
it's Kenny's book, uh, Kenny Egan, my story with you and McKenna. And uh, I think he, Kenneth, Kenneth was in a, a phase of his life where he was just putting it all out there, you know. <laughs> but he talked about go, going to the uh, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about going up to the Oktoberfest. And uh, <laughs> Willie McLaughlin comes back with two black eyes and he explained that he'd been out drinking and ended up fighting in a boxing ring. Oh, he just thought he had yeah. way too much booze and got confused, but it turns out he's telling the truth. There was a place you could get into the ring and fight for cash. So we all thought, I'll have a piece of that. He goes, the idea was that anyone can pay 15 euros and you get in and fight these Polish guys. These Polish guys were in really good nick. So there was me, Willie, Dick, Connie sure. Sheehan, Eric Donovan and Conor Hearn looking at each other, wondering if we should give it a lash. It was inevitable. Uh, you became the star that day, Con, I think. Yeah, that was our stuff. That was some buzz. We were all steamed up. Willie was bashed up. He came back. He was in bits. We thought he was out to get laid down the street. We were walking through the festival anyway. We see it and load these big Polish or whatever. And it looked like a load of juice heads. We said, fuck it, come on, we go up anyway. Paid 15 euro. They make you stand up on the stage and give a big bag hanging on the stage in front of the crowd. Make you hit the bag if you do shots to see what your level is, who they'll match up against. Someone roughly away. We went up like spastics, gave the few bag a few slaps. Uh, I think Kenny was in first. I think he folded a fellow up with a body shot after about 30 seconds. They kind of ran him. They blew the, blew the whistle really early. They fell about 30 seconds, 40 seconds in. I think he only done two rounds even. Then I either fell in. I was in my jeans. I think he had a white Celtic jersey on or something. I was, I was twisted. I was lying. I was hard to fell. I said, fuck it. All we left it was. I was smashed. We ran out pieces. My top was destroyed in blood. But he just rang the bell and they ran us all out. Kenny took his vest off. They seen the Olympic rings on his back. They just ran us all out. <laughs> That's the didn't, get, didn't get our money. Didn't get our money or not. Myself and Kenny stopped the fellow. Didn't give us a penny. Didn't give us no money. <laughs> robbed us. That's the giveaway. The, the, the telltale Olympic tattoo. There's many fellas probably been tripped over. Yeah, tripped that, up kind over of that. that slipped up there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he slipped up there. Yeah, he says... Uh, he says, uh, here, here's the passage from Kenneth's book. He goes, not surprisingly, I won my fight, but I didn't hang around because I had better things to be doing. Uh, Connie Sheehan hung back and took his turn, though. Seemingly, he was chasing a guy around the ring, opened them up, and there was blood everywhere. He couldn't get enough of this. The round was only a minute long, but the Polish guy wanted him to wanted to get out after half of that, and he had to drag Connie off him. We were at the bar, but at that stage, Connie came over to us, the T-shirt all red, and went back on the beer for the day. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good day. Uh, yeah. good crack. He said he has another story about sparring you and and, and a, he says he dropped you twice. Oh, that happened to a few occasions. Uh, <laughs> younger, backhand to the body, little with it. But uh, yeah, that's the one that was coming up about Frampton, is it? I remember that. I actually remember that in person looking up and seeing Frampton like, laughing down at me, the little prick, and rolling around the ring and bits. <laughs> Frampton. one of them backhands to the body. Yeah. You, yeah, Frampton, we were all in the ring school sparring or sparring. And uh, yeah, I just remember Frampton looking down and me laughing like curled up. Yeah, Frampton, he, he knocks you down. Frampton's standing over you laughing and you say, yeah, when I get up, I'm going to kill you. But you couldn't stand up. So that was the problem there. No. Oh, I like him up rough up there. Can he put me straight the backhands to the body with his younger man you did? All yeah. experience. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but, but you've got uh, to learn nah. somewhere. He says, Billy Walsh took the piss out of you the next day when he was walking by the two of you. He said, he's not going to, and you said, I've learned my lesson. He's not going to get it me with it today, but unfortunately, he had a way of that shot. No yeah. I was going to be older and heavier. I started to give it back to him a bit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. What was your favorite memory in the, uh, in, in terms of boxing in the amateurs? 
one of your one of your Irish titles. Oh, um, favorite one would be the first. I think it's everyone's favorite. See, back then as well, the, you remember the stadiums were jammers, packed mm. out. Some nights, that senior senior final nights, would, that's what it was all about. Eh? But uh, the first first one was the business. I, I, well, I was told I had no business to win that, but I knew I was better than the more. So just to prove them all wrong, it was nice to get Clamwell's first one, get the ball rolling for Clamwell. So, yeah, uh, that would be my first one. That's the only one that it, you know, you're like, yes, delighted with, happy memory about that. Rest of them just just titles that after that. I don't know how, but the first one then they're just titles. That's it. Surely not the last. Was the last one the All Clan Mel affair? Yeah, well, the same thing. It's just a title, really. That just no different. Just because I was fighting breakfast in the same club, no difference whatsoever. Mm. See, so, you know, that's the amateurs. Again, by that stage, I was gonna be flat. Like, I was gonna fight and I'll just win, get the win, get out of there, get on the piss, <laughs> do something, stick a box in there. It's yeah. like it's just gone flat. We've gone flat by the end of it. Um, were there any regrets that you like, you didn't make it to the Olympics because you'd undoubtedly had the talent to do so? Ah, of course, there's always regrets. You look back, no matter how good you're doing your career, you can always look back and say, I should have done this, I should have done that, but uh. No, I'm, I'm at peace with all that. I know myself. There's no one else to blame on myself. I could have done a lot more things different, but I didn't at the time. But no, I don't regret it. I know I was good enough. Should have got there, but just wanting, wanting to be. And like, it's crazy. Ireland is still uh, lacking a heavyweight medal at uh, a major tournament, be it, be it the European that's Championships, that's Olympics, major, yeah. or, or World since Garrod O'Coleman in the 1940s. And I'd say you probably were the closest, didn't you? Because like, you, you got, didn't you get robbed in the world championships? I think it was by a cube and it was a really close call. And you had a few, yeah, you had a few titles. I, I, uh, my first Europeans and my first uh, senior when I was 18, Liverpool European, that was, that was a signal. I got robbed stinking for a medal against a Romanian fella. That was, remember, the score in the time was the high, fucking high gloves, and there was like one nil and two nil and all that. Mm. But uh, oh, it was ridiculous. I was just, everyone was sick for all this, coming up there, sick myself, running 18. I thought I was going to get on the big bar break. Like, I would definitely win that fight. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it. I had a couple of close fights show me career, but here's what it is. I think I should have, I definitely was good enough to meddle in a couple of Europeans and Worlds, 100%. And a couple of close fights didn't go my way, but look, I got fights there. We're close the opposite way as well. So, yeah. Good time, I remember that 2008 one, all right. It was just after Beijing, wasn't it? And Ireland sent like a kind of different squad. They, it, they yeah. won a few medals. Before that tournament, I think it's actually the first time I met you. I went down to the stadium and talked to a few lads I met. Yourself, uh, Johnny Joyce, I think, Eamon O'Kane, a couple others. Ryan Lindbergh, I think, went as well. So there was a good, there was a good squad and there was a few medals won as well. That's right, yeah. Did Ross Hickey win a medal that time as well? Yeah, so. Yeah, won three medals. Ross, yeah. Johnny and uh, Eamon. They Eamon, won yeah. three medals that time. Mm. That was a good squad. Yeah, that was... That was like kind of the start of the senior team starting to win big medals around that time there. So in the eight, seven and eight. And after that, then lads will start racking in big European medals all over the place. It's really kicked off there. That yeah. Once one fella started to win them, then everyone started to say, geez, these are winnable there. And everyone kicked on then. Was there anyone in particular that their victories kind of inspired you to push harder? Maybe because they were able to um, win this they were able to work harder maybe to just make up for like talent or whatever you know what i mean was there anyone in particular on the squad that i know um, like to train alongside someone like michael connell because he, he worked so hard didn't he at it whereas joe ward would have been someone who just came along and had the natural skill like yeah oh yeah the jesus was 
Don't feel lads like that, but Mick was definitely a standout there. Like Joe, when when he came out, when he back Kenny at seventeen, when he came on the team, you know straight away this fellow was gifted. Remember when Mick first came on, uh, they were going to the Commonwealth, I think, and they came down training with the high performance team. And he was getting bashed up by Davy Oliver and all, but we were all here, and he was meant to be good. It was gas. I think he got paid then. Then the next year, you just see him starting to improve. He started to train like a demon. Once the ball started rolling, he just started getting better and better. Just drove ahead of everyone. But then, like I said, the difference then from someone like Joe Ward, if he trained like Mike Conlon, fuck me, like, he'd be a superstar. But yeah. But men are just different. Joe Ward could do anything, anything he wanted. He absolutely gifted. Joe Ward, and like all sick. Yeah, yeah, and like obviously two of them are looking. They're still in the. They're still in the professional ranks. Like they're still mm. staying the course. Joe's a bit further back in his career than, than Michael is. Mm-hmm. Michael's pretty close to fighting for a world title. Uh, would you Would you continue to be a fan of your of the of the old lads? Oh, of course. Jesus, uh, Texas boys talk to me that time as well. Big friends of each other. Listen, we've lived together for the punkies years. We've been all around the world together. We're always going to support each other. All the lads do the best. Yeah. And I hope to God now the two of them will kick on. Hopefully now Mick gets his world title and so on. And Joe, I think Joe, if he gets his opportunity, he performs to give it, he's going to win something massive. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who in the amateurs was uh, your hardest fight? Like what I love about the amateur sport is you get... You get the best versus the best. Like you see how sickened we all are watching the professionals. We've seen the Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury fight fall apart, but that doesn't happen in the in the amateurs. You get best versus best uh, on a on a constant level. Like you saw the 2016 final, which looks to have been dodgy, and a new report says that it looks to have not been on the level. And at the time watching, I felt the same. Let's say Joe Joyce against Tony Yoka, but they were probably the two best super heavyweights in the world at the time. They fought each other. Mm. And that's the beauty of amateur boxing. And the Olympics that just took place this summer as well was just best versus best. Like if you saw the, the I don't know if you saw the, was it Andy Cruz against, um, what's his name, uh, the American guy. His name slipped my mind. The, I see you sparked the mill. Keyshawn Davis. Yeah. The, yeah. Like the, that final was just incredible. It was like the best amateurs in the world against each other. Yeah. I've seen a few of them, the highlights on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Then when I see the highlights, I click onto the fight spot. I didn't watch all the finals. It's the first time ever I'd say I didn't watch all the finals in the Olympics. Probably just the time of it was... Uh... The time and all, the COVID and all that shit. There was no mm-hmm. buzz. felt like there was no shine to the Olympics. That's how I felt with it. Eh? No Did buzz. There you... wasn't much media. So I didn't, I didn't realise they were on until the week before and until I started seeing people post up. Watch the lads now. I right? watched Kelly and the Irish lads, of course, but didn't watch any other boxing at all. Apart from probably three finals maybe that I watched on YouTube. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the tournament, everything I saw of it. Uh, I was lucky enough that I was up, I had a new baby and I was up with her and having to get up at four o'clock in the morning to feed her. Anyway, you, your baby's old, just two months old. You're probably, you would have been in a great spot had, a, had it just been a couple of months older. But I, I ended up watching a lot of it by accident because it was up in the middle of the night. But some of the fights were fantastic now. It was really good. It's mm. just probably a shame that they were on so late that you couldn't really watch them. Yeah, I see uh, some of the Japanese fella. I don't think he had no idea of his name. He was gifted. I see a bit of him and I know he's light. I think he was 50, whatever, 54 or something. He was gifted. I see one or two of his fights, but like I said, I can't, I can't even say anything about the Olympics. I've seen very, very little boxing in the last few years as amateurs. Little, yeah. Very, 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 very well, it was. It was all about the pro game. And in 2015, you got an opportunity to leave the IBA behind. Not, not too long away from the Rio 2016 games, but you decided obviously enough was enough and it was the pro game for you. Went to uh, San Francisco to work with Virgil Hunter, highly regarded coach. And uh, it looked like the world was at your feet over there. But then you had almost like, was it a year to get used to it before fighting? Yeah. Um, yeah, I went over there with Virgil. It was unbelievable. That put the fire back in my belly, something crazy. Training like a demon, inspiring all kinds, playing it. Doing brilliant. Be told he was delighted with me. Everything was brilliant. And then uh something I don't know what happened, me fucking visa at the time. Came back with me visa one and uh I think it was my third time going over on Yesta. So I had to wait a couple of months at the time. At the time it was Gary Gary Hyde managing me and looking on about this. Oh, you'd be fighting now, we'd be fighting this. Had me one fight over there in LA, I came back. I meant to come back then and fight again in another month, but the Yesta thing fucked it up and then that fella's alone. I think that guy was talking about like we're going to go over to Canada and fight without a trainer and this and that. But he said, hey, look, I'll fuck up with everyone. He said, I'm not going back at all though. He busted me head. So he started getting awkward and I just didn't want to be near him at all. So then I got called over to Spire with Fury. He meant to be for the rematch. Klitschko over in Holland. He's in the training camp for that. So went over there and done a good few weeks over there. They were happy out the late and inspiring. Peter asked me to join up with him. I was delighted. Everything was hunky dory. Then it was going well, getting fights, regular fights, everything lined up nicely. Then just another big injury just fucked me up and head was just melted. Just had enough. Peter seemed to have a lot of faith in you. Well, yeah, Peter seen what I was doing in the gym and they were wanting Sean in the fights as well. We couldn't understand why, but I don't know. Peter was brilliant. He had a lot of faith in me. Even when I was having bad nights and all he came over and he said, listen, you're way above the level you're at. And he's like, relax, it's going to come. He, Peter, was, Peter was brilliant to me. He's on, he's more of a friend than a trainer. Peter was, so he's really, really genuine. Day one, not just a trainer, he's a friend. You know, he taught you outside boxing, he taught you inside boxing. Peter was day one. I couldn't have asked him more than Peter, but like I said, I think my mind was, my mind was made up. Yeah, I, I got an early impression of Peter when he joined Tyson Fury's team. I'd been at a couple of Tyson Fury's early fights and it was this trainer and that trainer and some of them, you know, this game plan and that game plan. He was quite erratic. And then the minute Peter took over, he just absolutely whipped him into shape. Mm-hmm. And obviously culminated in that Klitschko win and they they stopped working together after a while. But Peter Fury does seem like a very good trainer, good knowledgeable guy in terms of guiding a heavyweight for sure. No, to probably, I would imagine, a hard taskmaster as well. Oh, 100%. If you're not doing what Peter asks, he'll fuck you. He can be the soundest man in the world, but... He put the shit up me loads of times. Now he's behind around the pads. If you're not doing what he wants, he'll put you straight. But uh, heavyweight training was unbelievable. He was the first time I really started to get trained. Heavyweight training in my life. Ever started doing proper heavyweight training. Proper strength and conditioning. 
And it was really standing me. I was fiddled out massively and I was enjoying it because I wanted the same shit I was doing, the same kind of training I was doing for years. So I really took to Peter. I enjoyed it. enjoyed every bit of training over there, Peter. You started working out with Tyson Fury and Huey Fury. What were your initial thoughts of getting in the ring with those guys? Oh, I was delayed. I couldn't wait to get over train with Tyson and uh, get over there just to see, you know, just see where you stand there. Mm. And got over and I was doing well. I was doing really well. And I was surprising myself even. I was holding me on. The boxing was working, everything. It was different than the other sparring partners that were there. I think Robert, uh, he's from Finland, is that Robert Hellenius? Hellenius, yeah. He was there. Who else was there? There was German for the there. I think he's European champion now at the minute. Uh, school few lads there, but I was definitely doing the best of them. And Peter and them seen it and they were delayed with me. And then they asked me to go over and join their camp. But I was saying I couldn't contract them in with Gary, but they ended up sorting that out somewhere. But uh, yeah, Peter and that, it was unbelievable. The experience is unbelievable. Me and Yui, though, I would have done most of my training with Yui then in England. Tyson was gone off the rails then that time when I actually moved to England. He was right. on the missile at that time. But uh, yeah. me and Yui done a lot of training. I'm very friendly with Yui. Well, brilliant training. Two people brought each other on a lot. But I enjoyed it all. But like I said, I just, I wasn't enjoying it. I enjoyed doing it, but I didn't want to be there in the end. So I just had to get out of there. Tyson's quite a different character to... Uh... I guess the person you'd call like the king of the previous gym you were in, Andre Ward. What was Ward like? Ward is just a complete gentleman. Really classiest man you could ever meet. Really is. Sound there, open to give everyone a voice. Really approachable as well. But uh, he'll have the last two. And then Porter Officer, nice and same, A1, give you a voice, but he's a maniac. Sound out. One of the boys. That's all he is. He's just like an ordinary bloke, just world champion. Pure maniac. Yeah, so it's legit with Ward. He comes, he comes across like that, you know. But uh, you see him on ESPN, and you know we watched him throughout his whole career. Very magnanimous, thoughtful man, you know, smart man. Uh, oh, he, behind closed doors, he's quite like that as well, approachable. I, you know, it's not put on when it's hard. But he's wicked approachable. He's just a genuine bloke. You know, just real nice fella. Open to give anyone advice. Anyone who came in sparring, always you go up asking for pictures, advice, standard chat with you. He was. He really was. That was some experience. That was probably the best experience of my life. See him over there training as well. I never seen anyone train the way I seen him train. It was, it was sick. I, I just never see anything like it. He couldn't even explain it. it was mental altogether. What did he do? What did he do though? So sick. when he was in, he, when he's in training, he just the intensity he trained. He might do his 12, 15 rounds, bang, whatever. Come out, would do 40 minutes straight in the pads. Take an old 15 minute break and jump into an hour strength conditioning circuit. It's crazy. And, I, and the pace is sickening there. It was unbelievable. And he'd be cursing and giving out to himself, driving himself on the whole way through. Like when he's training, the dog comes out in him a bit. Like, I just love he'd have the back and forth of forge when they sparring. It was, it was brilliant to see. It's class did, to see. Did you do many rounds in the ring together? Obviously, there's a wake disparity there. With uh, Andrew Ward, yeah. No, I, I think I only done one round with him at the time, and it was just kind of helping. I was just trying to walk him down, and he was moving. But uh, yeah. he was sparring uh, my sparring partner over there. But he, I was too big for him to say before. Right. <laughs> I was mad to get in. I asked him to get up, but he was laughing. But yeah, too big. So I was mad yeah. to get a few rounds with him. Just to say, I got a few rounds with him. But did I you ever ask him? Did you ever ask him about his Irish roots? Everyone always does. Yeah, we found him. It was, yeah, but it was that a few times. All right, but. Uh, yeah, it's just the same thing. He was just saying his dad is Irish roots. And that's where I get the, the, the fight about what he says and all the same old American bullshit about the Irish, same old this and that. But uh, yeah, I didn't know it. Uh, I even know Ward, but... Who's a better man? Who's a better man to go out in the beer with, you reckon? Tyson Fury or Andre Ward? 
Tyson. All day. I'll deal with Tyson up here. He's a maniac. <laughs> Don't crack at him. He really yeah. is. He's a lunatic, right? But he's obviously had changes and calmed down, whatever, but he's genuine. He's a sound man. Really is a sound broker. You would have got to know a young uh, Tommy Fury then as well. Yeah, I was with Tommy for a while over as well. Tommy was sound real, quite humble fella. Built like a shithouse. Then I don't know how where he get to know. He ripped the pieces even when he was seventeen. Ripped up smithereens, but uh, yeah, Jesus, he was. I think I don't think I don't even think he was boxing when I left the time. He was trying to change from amateur to pro or something. Then the Love Island came and look at him now, uh, making a fortune. Did you watch yeah, Love Island? You know the way we, when we that know someone vaguely, we end up watching them on the telly and going, I know that guy. Did you, did you end up watching Love Island? And, ah. No, I, I've probably seen an episode of two with the missus, but I didn't follow up on it, to be honest. Do you think, uh, what do you think, the fact that he's being linked with these uh, YouTube fights, do you think he should like shun it and, you know, aim to be a genuine, legit, you know, prospect and, and you know, uh, rather than chasing the celebrity kind of nonsense? Or what would you do? Uh, look, if I could, if he could get the fight with that Jake Paul, you want to be mental, not that. She could be selling out his old shows after that, and it don't matter. That the Jake Paul, I think, is good for it. Well, he's a muppet and all. He's not having a clue what he's doing. But look at the attention, the money they're giving it. It's crazy. But the other side is someone's going to end up getting hurt then too. But Tommy would break up that Jake Paul. I think it was show straight away. Like if he come up against a proper boxer, but too much money not to fight him, isn't there? Really, like, especially if you're at that stage of your career, why wouldn't you? You're fighting a novice for a million. Fucking hell. <laughs> he, he's not going to take, I think he's been offered a million to take the uh, fight with Jake Paul. I don't think he's going to uh, take it for a million because the fight's worth more. And, you know. Too much money now, you see. You don't need it. Offer him that a few years ago and see what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Connie, we'll run, through, we'll run through your pro career. You had six fights and uh, it was looking good. I managed to make it to one myself here, I think. But uh, first fight, you beat Jonathan Rice at Club Nokia in a LA, January 2016. Points four. Uh, oh, do you know who's also on the bill that night? Uh, Caleb Plant, David Benavides, two world That's champions, right, yeah. both one on the night. Mm-hmm. So a night of Rise of Stars. I remember, you t- I think I interviewed you at the time. You said that Rice was a monster. He was nearly 300 pounds, enormous. Oh, yeah, he was huge. He was, he was a couple of inches taller. Than, I think he was taller. Than, I don't know, but he was like, I think I weighed in 215 or something. He was 285 or something like that. He wasn't fat. He was fucking, he was a monster. I was like, fuck me. I think he had four wins and three knockouts in the first round. And, uh, and that was it. Yeah, four wins. Four fights, four wins and three knockouts. I think time I thought, right? Like, they're just stitching me up here to put me in with a killer. I said, yeah, but uh, it was a good fight and he was good in his hometown and all. Proud were out for me, blood. They were, but I enjoyed it. It was just some experience. I ended up boxed off anyway, but. There's some experience. Enjoyed that. I suppose t- talking about the size disparity, do you think that your size, like you, uh, you bulked up a bit, didn't you? Did you, did you ever, what was the heaviest you ever weighed in? But did, weighed in, but did you ever think that your size might hold you back at the elite level? Cause you're going to be coming up against some Yeah, Yeah. hundred percent. And then I have to get stronger. That's what I said. Like I said, I wasn't getting trained like a heavyweight for years until I got, got to Peter. And he was bulking on size and getting way stronger, weights and everything stronger. But, <laughs> Everywhere boxing is a different game. I know Usyk showed at the weekend it's not really all about size and trend, but you need you need it. You really do. You need the size and trend. Boxing is always going to be there. You have to focus on the size and trend because them elite lads, you may as well be punching a brick wall there. They're not going to stop them in their tracks and wasting their time. Yeah. It's not a game you want to be in there getting bullied. You get broke up. You'd be less stupid in North Island. 
Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, you'd be all marked yeah. up and look at me, look at my face. I'm after having a great, a great that's fight, it. but it's like you look like a I'm fuck all this offer. You look like you fought a lot more. So, right, fight number two, September 2016. You've come home uh, back to the side of the uh, Atlantic. You beat a guy called Seamas Kalasinas in Solihull, Birmingham. Also on the bill, John O'Carroll, Tyrone McKenna. I think you were fighting for, was it MGM at the time? Uh, I think so, yeah. I, I think that would be first fight. Yeah, it would have been. So it would be first fight with Peter, yeah. Yeah, that would have been my first MGM fight. Um, and uh, you I can't her- remember that fight, I don't think. Points for you got you won on points again. You were back out again um, the following month, so you beat a guy called Radic Varick uh, in the first round. Your first knockout mm. at the uh, Lancashire Cricket Club or Old Trafford, uh-huh. uh, and yeah, so your first knockout, a good a good memory, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, but uh, that was a good fight. I jumped in, just let the shots go. I didn't, don't even think I hit him. I just let the shots off. This off. It's probably what I should have been doing, but. I was sick of the trying to box slow and all, so I just I said to myself, these were only six or eight rounds, I'm just going to open up and just going to keep throwing. Yeah. But that and he was gone, gone in the Well, you went to, for 5-4, you went to eight rounds, uh, you kind of jumped up quickly, you beat um, Camille Soklovsky at the Titanic Centre. He was a points win, there's a load of Irish lads on the card, like Paddy Barnes made his debut, Jamie Conlon was on it, and a bunch of other lads. Uh, and Soklovsky was a really good fighter, like he, he went the distance with them, um, like Martin Bacoli, David Price, Nathan Gorman, Lucas Brown. He he beat your enemy, well, enemy friend, your friend, your no, friend enemy, Sean Turner. Yeah, Alex Dickinson was unbeaten when he beat him. He he took a few other scots. So that that guy was hard as nails. I remember. Mm. I know he was good. He was good fire. His record won't suggest it. Any means whatsoever, but he was very good, very hard, very fit. But uh, yeah, that was a good fight as well. That I enjoyed that first fight back in Ireland and all pro, but. Yeah, that was an eight rounder, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Third, that was my third fight. Yeah, eight rounder. Yeah, that was good. I was happy enough doing the eight rounders, but the idea of doing that eight rounder at the time was I was told I was going to be fighting for the Irish title next. I had to get an eight rounder in before you can fight for the title. So right. That's so the, the idea with that. They were building the Turner fight at the time, was it? They so were trying to get Turner. They tried to get Martin Rogue and tried to get Dave Allen, try to connect him somewhere. They were trying to be Irish to fight for. Mm-hmm. None of them just. I saw a bollocks talk. I just got sick of it all. Yeah. This and that and this and that. Just, oh. yeah, you did another uh, You did another eight-rounder. Went to distance against uh, Ferenc, Ferenc Zaz- Zalek mm. at the Waterfront Hall in Belfast. So it's similar to the last card. Barnes, Conlon, Sutcliffe, McKenna. They're all on a load of the lads. Um, mm-hmm. That guy's still fighting. He's he's had 105 fights and counting. He's still on the go. Um, Zalek that you fought that night like for a heavyweight that's ridiculous yeah that's a, oh, that night Jesus Christ I went into the dressing room after him he was literally black and blue his arms his shoulders everything was black and blue he could barely even get up off the seat not from being dizzy or not too. he was just he was broke up and he was looked at him going fucking hell man you're, you're really earning your money here and I seen he was still going I seen his name pop up somewhere recently I was thinking to myself Jesus Christ he's drawing you man I'm mental that's some way to make a few bob yeah, big time. I like mm. so. I like as we're moving through these, you're fighting quite regularly. Are, are you enjoying it at the time? Is it is this everything you hoped being a professional heavyweight was going to be? Yeah, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't getting no rush from the fighting. So no, I, I wanted to get a challenge. I wanted to fight someone that I wasn't expected to be quick, mm. or I wanted to fight for the Irish title and kick on. But everything I wanted to do just didn't work out the way I thought it was. I couldn't, like, I couldn't get up for them fights, fighting these lads. I, was just, I really couldn't get up for it. And then the more I wasn't getting up for it, the more I didn't want to fight. 
just out of I just started looking at not so much as a waste of time. I was just like, what's this getting me? I'm not getting paid enough to keep me going. It's not yeah. going to get me up any rankings. It's doing fuck all. I'm training for nothing here. Standing still, waiting for someone to agree to fight and, and wait forever. That's really what it is. Yeah. Fight six, this, you didn't, like, little did you know this would be your last fight, but mm. you beat a guy, Thomas Marzek in Manchester, uh, 0.6. You moved back to six rounds, mm-hmm. uh, June 2017. So I think, according to Boxtrek, you suffered a cut left eyebrow in a second round head clash. Mm. I remember watching the interview afterwards. Uh, I mentioned it earlier on in the show that you were really, really harsh on yourself. This guy, Marzek, had fought a load of guys like Marco Hook. I'll give you a list of like Marco Hook, Marius Fack. Francesco Pianetta, who Fury had his um, comeback against. He's the guy who fought Tyson Fury in Dublin uh, back in 2009 on a Bernard Dunn show. He's he's one of the guys who fought uh, Mike Perez when Mike Perez fought twice in Limerick in, I think, oh, 2010. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. fought, he fought Takam, he fought Sam Sexton, he fought Huey Fury, oh, Otto Vallon, Eddie Chambers, Dillian White, Nathan Gorman, like loads of them. Uh, but another points win, are you starting to, like... You got no rush out of that fight because you were devastated afterwards. And, uh, the last few fights, that's what you're saying. Things were building up. I was getting towards this and that, and I wasn't getting the fights and getting low on money. And I wasn't angry that I wasn't stopping these guys at all. I was like, Jesus, but I didn't make these fights harder than I need to be. I was like, I just couldn't get up for it. I was flat from the get go. And I knew it, even going into the ring, even warming up, I was like, I just want to get this fight over and get on to the next. I couldn't get a rush. I couldn't get no adrenaline buzz for it no more. Like, I didn't realize why for ages. I didn't know what the problem was for ages until I was finished boxing. But uh, I, I, I wasn't enjoying it, really. I was going in fighting guys, like I said, it's bringing in nowhere. It's doing absolutely nothing. Stupid little hard shows. It's not like you're promoting yourself, man. They're going nowhere. But then there's talks of fight for this, fight, 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 fight this, fight that, but none of that ever materialized. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I thought I thought I thought myself too good to be sitting around in them kind of super fights waiting for someone to agree. And but then my performance wasn't showing. I said, look, I need to just get out of there. I'm yeah. not gonna keep going in boxing like that, making fool of myself waiting for someone to fight. I wasn't enjoying it. So that was it. That guy uh, has 90 fights, he's still on the go. 10 wins, 74 losses, and six draws. Mm. He's still on the go. 90 fights is heavyweight, it's crazy. But like I said at the start, you obviously you know, there's no such thing as getting out too early. It's it's there's getting out too late in the heavyweights. It's, you're talking about the most dangerous sport, the most dangerous weight in the most dangerous sport. So I suppose on that note, if you're not enjoying it and you're not getting on and out of it, you've made the right call. You've get out of the right That's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. No, don't get me wrong. What was it? Six, six fights. Mm. Not a couple of fights. I'm making big money there, but time was slipping away from me and I was struggling for too long. So I just I just had enough. I just really had enough to lose the show. And uh I don't know, like I said, I wasn't getting fights that excited me. I, th- I thought it'd be different, you know, when I was going pro. I really did. I thought it'd be a bit different. I thought I'd be at the fight for Irish titles or something at least there, but it wasn't happening. I was just, like I said, I was getting old. Things were sick of struggling. I need to live. <laughs> have you had offers of a comeback and have you ruled it out in your own head and heart? I know your head, you've ruled it out. Um, have you had any thoughts about having a comeback? Uh, not really. A few people text me, go uh, asking, would I be interested in this and that? And I, I don't really reply because I'm, I'm not going to waste anyone else's time either. I really have no interest. So. No, I don't. No, I don't, don't really think I've had any want to come back. Don't get me wrong, I would like to go out a bit different now. But mm. if, if the fights weren't happening that I wanted, 
I know. I have no interest in coming back. I would love to come back to fight Joe, even win the Irish title. I think I even still today, I think I'd win that tomorrow, even though it trained about four years. But uh, no, no other regrets now, I'll tell you the truth. I'm happy yeah. I got out. But like I said, of course, I wish it was on different different circumstances and different priorities now as well with oh. two small children as well like you've got that to think of um, but for those who stay we look at um, what did you, what were your thoughts on Usyk beating Joshua Joshua says he's watched the fight analysed my preparations and identified my mistakes I've learned my lesson did you think Usyk would win would beat him uh, to be honest I thought Joshua would win but I, I was saying it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Usyk outboxes him I thought either I thought Joshua could get it out there very early or it's going to be a hard night for Joshua, but I didn't see it happening the way it happened. Holy shit. Masterclass, huh? He's Off incredible. But I wouldn't say he exposed Joshua in a way, but it's so, I think it just shows something that all often people know. That Joshua, Joshua, he's not a boxer. Like he never was a technical boxer. He's a big stand-up power puncher. And I don't, what was he thinking trying to outbox a man like that? I wanted to try that from one or two. You could see it after the second round, even when he was standing up to go back into the fight. Uh, he, he, was, he was shocked. He had no answer. He didn't know what was happening. He looked like he thought he was surrounded there. He gave it a go, but there was nothing there. I like that. He had his number. Once he started landing them backhands, the faint and the head movement, Joshua, Joshua never seen anything like that in the pros. He had no answer for But ever, he could come back and beat him in the rematch. Might has it ever felt like that in the ring? Like Joshua might have felt that night? Uh, once, uh, once. I think I told you that before. Uh, yeah. Cuban, Lewis. Lewis. Yes, the ghost. Lewis Garcia. That's it, yeah. Fuck me, yeah. That was the only time. Man was teleporting around the ring, hitting me all over the That was the only <laughs> yeah. time ever I felt like I wasn't a better boxer than someone in the ring. You get me where I thought I, could, I was getting out of box where I was tall. That was the first and only time I ever thought that. And most times if I was get, if I ever got better, I, I never got outclassed technically or skillfully. It was always mm. beat up, pushed back or mauled. Never really got better. Technically, but him, I never, never see anything like him in my life. Never see anything since either, but has some way of talent. That's just like what I say. I think the amount of people in the professional that don't make it. I no, no, yeah. Sick. I'm like something out of a computer game. I'm absolutely sick, but never heard of him again. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's gone on the missing list big time. Uh, I'll have to make a podcast with him. You know, that would be a good one. Get on to him. That'd be a good yeah. one. stories for you, too. So uh, coming up soon is uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. You've done your rounds with Tyson Fury. Only a couple I know, but you spent time in camp with him. You know him. Um, you've seen, we've seen him box against Deontay Wilder on two occasions. He's stopped him and he's outboxed him in the first fight. Should have really got the decision. What do you think about the third fight? Do you think Wilder has any chance? Uh, the fellow who punches like that always has a chance, but I, I can't see anything different happening. I really can't. The mental side of it as well, the mental damage he wants to talk to them. I can't see it. And if he does come back and beat him, fair play at them, but I really can't see it. Tyson's only getting better as well. You can see his style is starting to change, but he's imposing himself more. He's fainting more, more aggressive fainting. He's not fainting on the back foot. Fainting coming forward, using his height, size, his weight. They've been doing a good job with him over there. Mm. So, yeah, and he's got Andy Lee's part of his team as well. Yeah, so it's a bit of knowledge. It's going to be the same result, I think. I think it's going to be the same result. Okay. And if it does happen, who's going to win the undisputed fight? Usyk against Fury? I don't, I don't, I couldn't see Usyk doing anything to Tyson at all. I think the size difference is, is too much. And it, he's not going to be able to lay a glove on Tyson if he decides to do what he usually does walk around the ring, just backhand, jab the head off. What can he do? I couldn't see, I couldn't see 